What was he going to do? Beat I, you up? I actually think it is the Cork accent. I'm not going to lie. I, like, there is something about the Cork accent that makes it the most intimidating accent, accent of the 32 counties in Ireland, I think. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. So we're live on the line now with Galway's own Katie O'Brien who cruised to victory in the final of the PR2 single skulls at the World Rowing Championships in the Czech Republic last Friday. Katie, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. How are you getting on? Yeah, good. What does it mean to feel like a world champion? <laughs> uh, what does it mean? Uh, means, it means everything, I suppose, because it's, you know, it's what I've been working towards and dreaming of for the last while, so... Yeah, it means it means a lot. You absolutely crushed the field in the final. It wasn't close. How does like that bit where you're like, "This is going okay, things are going well." When do you begin to enjoy it? Is it is it actually when you finish, or is there a little minute beforehand where you're going, "I'm going to win this. This is great." No, it's not until you cross the line, definitely, because it felt. It's funny. It really felt like she was so much closer than she actually was. Like I, I was, I was sure it was only you know like a second or two off. So I was kind of pushing right up until maybe fifteen hundred meters in, into the race, and then I could see. I was like, okay, there is a bit of water between us there now. So I'm just going to hold on here now and not push it because I was afraid if I kept pushing, then I, you know, you know, I'd, I'd lose it. So um, I was just kind of holding on then for the last five hundred meters, just hoping that, that that gap would stay the same. It's, oh, sorry, go on, it's not a It's not a short race. It's nine minutes and 20 seconds. Like, that's a long time for you to be alone on the water with your thoughts. <laughs> In this case, crushing your opponent. But also, like, that psychology of that, like, when to push, when not to push. I mean, um, you know, m- most sports people, the, the key moments happen really quickly, but yours must happen a little bit in slow motion. Yeah, I suppose. Well, in in fairness, you'd have a lot of practice, really, like, um, you know, race, doing race pieces and things. So you are in some ways used to it. But um, yeah, like it is a lot of time to think like you, you've nearly got full 10 minutes to think. So um, some of it is spent, you know, just thinking about the next stroke and thinking about, you know, what you'd plan to think about. You, you have planned like I would always break the race down and kind of have a plan of, you know, this 500 meters are going to do this. The next 500 meters are going to do that. Um, but obviously, your your mind can stray, and you can start thinking about other random things. But uh, yeah, you are like, I would have raced um, Kat, the Australian, um, back in 2019 when she won. And you know, when she won, I think she would have been maybe 30, 30, almost 30, if not more, seconds quicker than me then. Um, so when I was, you know, beating her and it was kind of, you, you know, you'd have moments of just being like, well, this is, this is great. This is, this is what I'd hoped. <laughs> Cause you know, you don't know you're train like you train a lot by yourselves and there isn't many power hours in Ireland. So it's kind of, yeah, you know how you, you know, you're improving all the time, but you've no direct comparison of, you know, is she improving all the time or how is, how are her, her scores or how are her times? So like, yeah, you put the work in and yeah, you hope you're up there and, and you know that you're going to be up there with the best, but you don't actually actually know till the day on the water so there's a bit of like oh this is great this is going to plan so yeah you do be thinking about that kind of thing as well Kat Ross who you mentioned there Giddy uh, the Australian like she, she's been very dominant and I know you've, you've been wanting to beat her for, for some time and physical presence as well in the water and Paralympic champion and all that so how did, how did you manage to, to I guess plug that gap from, from 2019 to now because beating her on this stage is, is quite an achievement 
Yeah, um, like she's an amazing athlete and she's actually really lovely as well. And she'd be very supportive of of every, all the other athletes because I suppose because para rowing is a bit of a minority sport, you know, we all kind of support each other. Um, and I suppose bridging the gap really was just consistent training. And I didn't let it slip even through COVID. I was stayed training. I didn't let it go when I heard 2020 World Champs were cancelled, when I heard 2021 World champs were cancelled. You know, I didn't let it go. I yeah, I took my two or three weeks off to the at the end of the season, but I just kept training. And um, every time that um, you know the the goalposts were moved, I just kept slogging away. And I think it's just that consistency, really. And you know, having the support of Galway Rowing Club, um, they were there the whole way. You know, I was whether I was training with the junior sixteen girls, whether I was training with the masters, whether you know, like I I was st- I'd still find a boat to try and chase down the car up. So. Um, you know, I was I was getting my pacing in, I was getting my training in, and then the last few months with the you know coming up to competition, obviously training with um, Rowing Ireland and doing race pieces with them, you know, getting you in that racing form. Uh, I suppose all that had a had a big role to play, and coaches and all that, you know, just keep your head straight and yeah, just just to keep working really. And I just kept tipping away, and thankfully it all worked out. Yeah, I think when I when I last spoke to you, Katie, it was yourself and your brother Sean, maybe probably the outset of COVID potentially, but. I remember you talking about uh, the importance of Claren Bridge to you and, and I even saw on your Instagram, you know, your, the homecoming there in, in recent days. You had the Camogie team and the local school Wurra and even your, your neighbours as well from Strad Valley. And it must have been quite special. Even the last time we spoke, I think you mentioned it, that, you know, when you were living up in Dublin, uh, how buzzing you'd be to be driving back home into Claren Bridge. So it must have been quite special to see that welcome in the last couple of days. Uh, it was unreal, yeah. When I drove past the primary school, all the kids were out with that. Uh, they'd all made Irish flags and they're all out like waving them. And I remember like being a young one in the school and, you know, different things happening, being out there with your flag and you'd be so excited. So it's so funny to be on the other side of it. Um, and yeah, then coming up to the top of the road and sure, all the neighbours that I've known, I mean, I've lived here since I was six months old. So, you know, I I know them all so well and it was amazing for them all to be up there and there was such a buzz like and you know, I was, I was just, it was class. And actually yesterday I went into the primary school and it was pandemonium, like all the kids were just roaring and they'd all made me signs. And um, I got photos of them on my phone there. They're unbelievable, like all little drawings and all really like uh, personal like messages. It's class, you know, so it's, again, Clarenbridge is just an unbelievable place and everyone is just uh, so supportive of, of, of anything that anyone does. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was really, really cool. There must be something in the water in Clarenbridge. It seems to be pretty good at sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plenty good hurling anyway, yeah. <laughs> Occasional footballers too. That's true. <clears throat> um, come here, what difference does this now make for um, your plans for the next couple of years in terms of the Olympics and all that kind of stuff? Because obviously, as you said, with COVID, there wasn't an opportunity for you to really test yourself as often as you want to against the world's best. But now that you've done this, like, does it change anything? Were you already headed towards the Olympics anyway, thinking, right, my plan is set, irrespective, this is a staging post. What does it do for you? So, unfortunately, the single isn't a class at the Paralympics, so it has to be the double. But thankfully, I found a rowing partner now, Stephen McGowan from Roscommon. So, uh, we also competed in the double schools there at the Worlds and placed in fifth, which puts us in a really positive position for trying to qualify this time next year for the Paralympics 2024. So, really now, my, I'm kind of tunnel vision on the, on the double and trying to get that qualified for Paris uh, 2024. You know, it's like the single is always something I wanted to do. And because I've put so much time 
time into the single over the last few years, it's great to kind of tick that box off. Um, but yeah, now now it's kind of laser focus and um, moving on to the Paralympic dream and not just the, the World Championship dream. And it, it, does it help with funding as well from Sport Ireland? <clears throat> Pardon me. And even Yeah, that'll be the hope, you know, now that we've shown that we actually have a bit of, you know, there's there's promise there that you know we aren't just two people in a boat that we've shown that we're up there with the best I mean the in the A final there all the boats that we were racing have been at the Paralympics some have medaled at the Paralympics so you know we're right up there with with the best which is which is really really good and obviously like you know there's still time for other crews to to enter and other countries other nations to to put up crews against us too and obviously everybody's going to be working hard over the next year but it's still really really positive that we're already up there you know in the top five boats in the world at the moment and what, so, you know, it's, yeah it's, it's positive for us yeah. you, you talked about the, the gap in the singles that you had to overcome what's the gap in the doubles that you'll need to overcome to, to get into the medal positions what was the winner how far behind the winner for example were you in that one so I think the winner was an 8.24 maybe and I think we were an 8.36 so it's a 12 second gap so you know like at the start of the year as well we were racing the very same crews and it was a 20 something second gap so we've already half that gap so the hope would be you know over the next few months we can do the same again what's it like to be part of this rowing team at the moment where like literally everybody seems to be world class so uh, I'd say it, it's a double edge where it's like oh geez, I better not let this team down but also look at this team I'm part of ah uh, yeah no there's, to be honest it's, it's, it's only positive like you're I can't explain how buzzing you'd be to see your other teammates uh, doing so well, like, because you know what work and what hours they've put in and you've all been through that slog together and you've all been, you know, the highs and the lows before it. And um, you've seen, you've just, it's, it's just this, the total appreciation for what they've done. And then to see them reap the awards is unbelievable. Um, it's, there's kind of an electric atmosphere around when, you know, when crews are doing so well. And it's just such an inspiration for yourself as well, like watching the other crews on the podium just being like, wow, like, you know, that's so cool. I, I really want to do that myself. So, yeah, it's just total inspiration from the rest of the 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 crew and they're also just really lovely people like I've made some unbelievable friends like I've known some of them obviously before this camp but some I hadn't and like we all got on so well like so much crack um, even just training is good fun and sitting around having dinner is good crack and then obviously the nights out after were brilliant too so yeah no they're a lovely bunch to be a part of and absolutely just so lucky to be to be part of such a cool team Yeah the women's fours even like such an inspiration all four of them even last weekend just incredible what they've, what they've been doing over the last couple of years but uh, Paul O'Donovan and Fit McCarthy as well like I mean Katie like Paul, what, what impact does Paul have on the rest of the team because I mean if he was any more laid back he'd be lying down but it obviously leads to the rest of the team maybe being probably more relaxed because he, he is so relaxed and has that kind of influence on everyone else Ah, uh, yeah, he's genuinely such a sound lad. He's 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 really, really, really nice guy. Um, and I always would have great chat, you know, over dinner with him. Um, yeah, he's. I mean, he's such a good example of how to do it. Really, just go in, get the job done, and walk away then with your medal. So, yeah, if we could all embody Paul's uh, relaxedness and uh, success, it would be a great thing. <laughs> your your background as a veterinarian as well, Katie. Like, how how have you been managed to balance that with the, with the rowing? Because obviously, both both fairly time time consuming, you'd imagine. Yeah. So up until February, I was working full time out in Tume and Galway in Canavans. Oh, kind of, uh, and uh, I, I kind of, I just had to, I had to, I had to step away because I couldn't, I couldn't keep it up. You know, I went part time as well for for a while, but it's just so demanding, especially then coming up to 
competition there. Um, you know, like I, 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 it was just, it was, it was too much trying to fit in two sessions a day and also do it like, you know, I felt like I wasn't giving either my foot, my, my best or full attention. So I ended up in February then stepping away from it. Um, I'll definitely be going back to it. I absolutely love veterinary and, you know, I great crack out in Canavan. So, um, I'd be looking forward to getting back to it, but it won't probably won't be for the foreseeable until I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of take off the rowing and, and, and finishing with that. And are you like a, a every every animal vet? Are you like is it kind of pets coming in, or is it farm? What what type of veterinary is it? So uh, in cannabis, we were mixed practice. I did most of the smalls. Um, you know there was, but if and if a farmer came in then with like a lamb or a calf, you know I'd try and help them out a bit with that. But I was doing mostly smalls in cannabis. But it is a mixed animal practice vet. They do they do absolutely everything. Yeah. Okay, so that like that obviously is um, requires massive brain power. But I guess it's also something that as you build up your experience, you just get better at, and it becomes you become more comfortable as time goes on. Is that the value of the experience? Ah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, and um, I think having, you know, mentors in it as well are really important. So, you know, they're great for teaching you and helping you out with cases and stuff. But yeah, definitely something you just become more and more comfortable with. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I only worked for just over a year. So because I only had finished college just previous to that. So, right. um, yeah, like I have a year under my belt now, which is great, because I think if I hadn't worked, I'd have been a bit anxious being like, oh, God, can I actually be a vet? But yeah, no, it was, it's great to get, the, get to get a year's work done. And I can kind of I'm happy now that you know i have the basics and going back to it hopefully hopefully isn't too difficult i was going to say because like there's a, a lot of conversations that we've been having over the years with athletes who chased the olympic dream and did nothing but chase the olympic dream and then got there and were like finished and we're like yeah that was amazing but mm-hmm. then immediately afterwards were like oh what's next whereas you now are totally free like because yeah. you have something to fall back on and I, I know everybody's athletic journey is their own individual journey and you can't say one size fits all but like yours is a great model where, you know, keep training in whatever career you want to be in while at the same time being as good an athlete as you possibly can. Oh, yeah. In fairness, I am delighted now that I did my degree and kind of have that there in the back pocket. You know, it's great safety net that, you know, when this does end, this dream does end, you know, I have that. And it, it's another dream. I mean, when I was a young kid, I always wanted to be a vet. So I, I'm in a seriously fortunate position that either road I go down, I'm going to be very happy on. So, yeah, it's great to have it in the back pocket. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, you had the background as well, Katie, in, in, in horse riding, I know, as well. Like, was, was there ever a decision to be made? I know, speaking to you before, the 2012, 2012 Paralympics were a bit of a turning point for you but was that a tough decision to kind of choose rowing over over other potential sports? Um, I think it was actually made quite easy because when I was doing horse riding I was kind of doing like cross country or show jumping um, so the Paralympics doesn't have either of those events the equestrian event is dressage and it wouldn't have been my favourite aspect of horse riding I've done very little of it and it's very difficult so uh, yeah it wasn't it wasn't really for me um, so then that kind of ruled that out. And so, yeah, I went up to that sports day in UCD where they had all the Paralympic sports and tried rowing and was asked back. So that was kind of just, it was a fairly, it wasn't, it wasn't really a conscious decision. It kind of just happened. And yeah, so. So it's a talent recruitment day that you saw advertised and decided I'm going to go up. Yeah, yeah. So myself and my dad were watching the Paralympics and I actually emailed them with him while we were watching it. Um, uh, I found the email and the date. It's so funny. It's literally in the middle of the, the Paralympics 10 years ago this month. Um, and we sent the email and I got, I heard back from them three weeks later and was down at the Paralympic talent search day three weeks after that. So um, it all just kind of fell into place, really, you know. Um, but yeah. 
Well, that's mad, isn't it? Like, you know, a, a teenager gets inspired by watching something on TV and it changes the course of your life. Completely, yeah. Yeah, like had we not sent that email, I probably wouldn't be rowing. And, and I didn't really even know what rowing was. And yeah, I was just completely inspired by watching the Paralympics in 2012. And I didn't even, like, I was into horse riding at the time and it wasn't, you know, that like, I, even in the email I said, it's not that I definitely want to do horse riding. I just want to do the Paralympics. So, you know, like that's how, that's how, um, you know, it, I suppose uh, inspired you can be as a, as a how, how your mind works as a, as a young person that, you know, watching something like that can change the direction of your life. It's the very definition of can't see, can't be. And it's why representation matters. And it's why coverage of your sport really matters because it can inspire future gen- generations. And like, you know, I mean, I, I don't think, I, maybe we don't talk enough about this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, and I think now it's amazing. Like, I'm even wearing the jumper, but you know, her sport are doing such a great job for for women in sport, and they really are putting us into the you know, putting putting women who are doing so so amazing and have been doing so amazing for so long. They're finally kind of in the limelight, I suppose. And you know, athletes like Katie Taylor, who's one of my biggest inspirations and Sunita Paspore, another one of my biggest role models. Like, you know, it's great to see them getting recognition for what they're doing. And yeah, I suppose, um, like you said, just having those role models, it's, it's amazing what, what, what influence they can have on people. So yeah, it's really important. Do you understand that you're one of those now? <laughs> well, I, 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 that'd be a big, that'd be amazing if that's true. But yeah, that'd be, that'd be class. Well, it is totally true because, you know, um, <clears throat> like Paralympics, <clears throat> pardon me definitely needs its its ambassadors and you seem comfortable being an ambassador yeah absolutely I suppose when I was younger I didn't really there wasn't a huge amount of um, Paralympians in Ireland that were again you know being seen on TV and that so I would hope that even if there's one person or one child out there that I can um, you know some way kind of show what's out there for them that'll be that'll be pretty cool yeah even even in, within the family, Katie, I know you're you're a bit of an inspiration to your to your brother Sean as well. He said it on record many a time, um, and Sean obviously had to retire from from rugby fairly early uh, because of concussion last year. But uh, I'm, I'm sure the, you know the level of sport is still discussed quite widely and quite widely in your house. And Sean is very proud of what you what, what you're after achieving as well last weekend. Ah, uh, yeah, he is. He's buzzing. Yeah, they all are. Sure, Mom and Sean and Evie, they were all out there, you know, supporting me. And it's it's like it ma- it makes the moment so much um, better having them there because you know it's because they've seen the work you put in as well, and you know you know they know how much it means as well. And uh, yeah, having the people you love the most in the world right beside you when you're doing what you love is is unbelievable. And um, my best friend as well, Roisin, she didn't tell me she was coming out and when I was on the podium I literally looked up to the crowd and there she was I, I literally nearly collapsed like she surprised me so yeah it's little things like that having support from friends and family that make it all you know so much nicer and so much better so yeah it's really good Well listen enjoy it and congratulations it's a, a stunning achievement and it doesn't feel like it's the end at all it feels like it's the start of something magical so best of luck Thank you very much and thanks for having me OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.